Welcome to the Grow Flow Podcast. This is episode number three. And of course, on this podcast, our goal, our objective is to bring you the best information, insights, tools, interviews, whatever we need to help you manage and grow your licensed cannabis business. My name is Joe Stolte, and I'm joined by my fantastic host, Travis Stefan. And today we're going to talk about, what are we talking about today? Uh, the five habits of successful cannabis businesses. And, and we should just get right to it. Right? Yeah. If, if you're watching and not listening and you're wondering, do these guys ever change their clothes? <laughs> <laughs> no. The short don't. answer is no. no. Like we are the Steve Jobs of cannabis. We wear the same thing every day because we want to reduce decision fatigue. No, I'm kidding. Um, we're, we're, we batch record episodes because it's convenient and, um, you know, it takes a lot to set these things up and yeah, yeah, all the things. And our producer runs everything behind the scenes. Yeah. So uh, we want to make sure we're making the best use of his time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, but today we're going to jump into five habits that we've observed uh, looking at 1,300 different customers across the United States. These are licensed cannabis businesses, whether these are cultivators, processors, distributors, dispensaries, retail locations, um, just five things that we've seen and in our own experience as entrepreneurs of how to run a successful business. And in our last episode, we talked a lot about culture, which mm -hmm. is kind of the inner game of your business. And so now we're going to talk a little bit more about the outer game. Um, and so the first thing, maybe in business, maybe in your cannabis business, definitely in your cannabis business, is uh, you know make everything about the customer. Specifically, make it about what they want and how you can help them get it, right? I think at some level that's it. Like that's kind of business. And so we can lose sight of that in, in everything that we're doing and all the things that we get caught up in. Um, but you should make everything about the customer, right? So any thoughts on this, Travis? I have, I, we, yeah. There's lots of different directions we can take this, but that's like rule number one. Yeah. I think the, this one is probably the most important rule too. Now it's funny because most people in entrepreneurship or who, who are business owners at all start businesses because they have an idea plain and simple. And in my opinion, that's actually not the correct way. Um, and it actually leads to the crazy, scary statistics of 90 plus percent of all businesses fail. And the reason for that is your opinion is one opinion and you're going to be serving customers, potentially hundreds, thousands, millions of customers, depending on your business, who are going to have opinions that are different than yours. And the quickest way to get the answer in terms of who will buy what and why is to go ask them and to go have conversations <laughs> with them because there's no other way really to, to find the answers until you find patternistic responses, not just what they're saying, but how they're saying it, what words they're using to describe these problems that they're having, where they're looking. They will lay out the yellow brick road for you. You don't have to play this guessing game of saying this is the greatest idea ever. Of course, I'm just going to do this through you know, Facebook ads or something unimaginative. The path is going to be non-intuitive to some degree. 100%. But they will lay it out for you. Yeah. And they will draw the map for you. And all you have to do is follow it. And what's interesting, though, is like there's layers to the game. right? In, in the beginning, and, and for a lot of it, it really is ask your customer, what do you want? Yeah. Like, period. And, and let them tell you. And then I think you kind of earn the right to use your intuition, right? Right, Because it's from your intuition that you innovate. Yeah. You start to come up with ideas that, that can take it to the next level. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's where you get into, you know, things like, um, who was it that said, 
if uh, if Henry Ford would have asked his customers what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. Faster horses. Yeah. So, but but for mo- the, the thing about most businesses is like your 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 job doesn't totally rely on innovation. At right. some level, you have to innovate. Everything's changing and evolving, and mm-hmm. everything's in constant change. Um, but like, so you do have to earn the right to innovate. That's what I'm right. saying. Yep. But in the beginning, it's shocking how few people just go ask their market, like, "What do you want?" Go ask them what they want, but more importantly, ask them why they want it. 100%. If Henry Ford would have asked why they want faster horses, they probably would have said, well, I want to get to where I'm going faster. Yeah. Boom. Big, big light bulb right there. Well, what if horses aren't the right answer? Because if you can uh, like achieve their goal and you can, can alleviate their pain in another way and in a way that they will understand, it is a really unique answer. Suddenly you're not in the red ocean of fast horses you're in the the ocean the blue ocean of of an automobile yeah and it's kind of the same way with any business i mean you're going to be able to start a, a cannabis company if you follow these specific steps legislatively and so forth but there's no guarantee that you're going to succeed because there are many others in the industry that are doing very similar things there are however specific operations that have decided through interacting with customers and talking to them and asking them questions why they shop in the places they shop, why they use the products that they do. And you can derive learnings and assumptions that you can then go test in practice by doing that. I'm sure many of you can think of companies just like yours or customers of yours that do things profoundly different than another one. Yep. 100%, and that's important. A hundred percent. There's different ways to, to ask your customer, which brings us to tip number two, right? Which is get feedback on your services and your products, right? Like mm-hmm. go out and ask the marketplace like yeah. for, for review, for feedback, right? We use NPS, which is Net Promoter Score. Do you want to unpack what Net Promoter Score is and maybe how everyone else that's listening can use it? You've probably seen surveys on several of the software tools that you've used in the past that say something like, how likely are you to recommend this product or service to a friend or colleague? And it's a one through 10 or a zero through 10 sliding scale. This is an NPS survey. And the thinking behind it is, if you answer an eight, nine, or 10, this person is likely to promote you, which is the highest threshold for value, um, you know, as imagined by the people who, who created the survey, that one could get, one could derive from the product. It's not just, do you get value yourself? It's, would you actively solicit this particular product to others that you know and trust and who trust you? And if that's a low score, or if that's in the, somewhere in the middle, then that kind of calculates the score a lot differently. And if you go and Google, like, how do you calculate NPS? It's a very specific way. But in essence, it's a determining, like, it'll it'll take the detractors, which are the low scores, and the, the promoters, which are the high scores, and it'll do nothing with the people in the middle. And there's a whole nice little easy formula for yeah. figuring out how it all works. And in fact, if you want help with net promoter score, how to put this in your business, it's super easy. You can email uh, podcast at growflow.com, and we'll send you a little one-pager with exactly how to do it, what tools you can use for free. This doesn't have to, you know, there's things you can pay for that are fancy and there's free stuff. Uh, we'll give you one pager and we'll teach you exactly how to use MPS in your business. Um, you know, and what's interesting is like you can, if you have, even if you have a, like, like less than a couple hundred customers and you do an MPS and it's not statistically significant, meaning like you have less than 30 responses or whatever, you can just call the people that didn't give you an eight, nine and 10 and go, what, like, what's up? But tell me about your experience. Yeah. Like I'll give you a free shirt or I'll give you a discount or I'll bring you back in whatever it is that you offer them, um, whatever it takes, like buy them a hundred dollar Amazon gift card because what you will learn from them when you talk to them and figure out why they didn't give you a good score or high score 
um, that's worth more than what you're going to want to give them, right? Um, so it just, just asking for their feedback and having candid one-on-one conversations. I know when we first rolled out the NPS and we, you know, the low scores, as Travis mentioned, are the detractors. Mm-hmm. So we started calling detractors Yep. and we started asking them like, like what, what was it about your experience with Growflow that you didn't like? And we learned a lot. Yeah. Like we learned a lot about how we could better our game and how we could improve. And we've done that. And our NPS is, it's gone through the roof. It's like, it's magic. You know, you survey people, you get data, you ask them for their feedback, and then you have real human to human conversations. And like all of the, 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 the treasure, all the magic steps you need to take to improve your business are now suddenly right in front of you. You just need to go do the work. Yeah. Funny story. I mean, we actually have a team of people internally at Growflow that actually do this and they call people who give us responses to NPS, whether they're great or bad or anything, just trying to learn. And through that exercise, we actually found that a cohort of our detractors actually were just trying to dismiss the survey. Uh, and they didn't actually want to answer the question because they were doing something else at the time and they were actually promoters. So that actually completely changed our score in some cases just because we learned how they were actually using the NPS tool that we tacked onto our software. Yeah. So like I said, in a couple episodes ago, like we figured out how to make every possible mistake. <laughs> um, don't do that. And we can help you avoid that mistake too. Um, Let's see what else. Number three. So we talked, we had a whole episode on this, right? Like make a commitment to having a world-class culture. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like if you make a commitment to having a world-class culture, your people are going to help you find the answers. They're going to, they're going to be highly engaged. They're going to be the ones they're, gonna, they're like the skin of your organization when you know they interact with the marketplace. And so, you know, we don't need to go into that. You can go back and listen to episode two and get the whole download on culture. It's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, we might have to do a follow-up on that. <laughs> Definitely. If you guys want to follow up on the culture situation, then email us podcast at growflow.com. Number four, document your processes and your systems so that they're repeatable, right? How important is this? Uh, It's if you want repeatable success, it's incredibly important. And I know a lot of folks have kind of an allergy to what they consider to be bureaucracy or, or, you know, something mechanical, but here's the deal. Like there's a reason why McDonald's can hire basically anybody in the world and have repeatable success. And it's because they've gotten so incredibly detailed on the standard operating procedures, delegation, timing, and, and what the definition of done is for each and every task in their pipeline. And they can replicate that no matter who they hire. 100%. And, and these are people that are not necessarily developed from a a professional. I mean, it's a lot of their first job. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that you should want to be McDonald's, but that can illustrate the power behind going into detail around some of these uh, processes and procedures. A hundred percent. And like, just so people don't feel like, oh, you know, documenting my processes and creating SOPs, that sounds like stuff you do at like a big company and we don't need to do that. You, you kind of don't need to write it into a document. If you want to and get fancy, you can. If you don't want to get fancy, there's a free tool we use called loom l-o-o-m.com you can download it you can make these five minute videos we share screens takes all you know two seconds to click three buttons and just record what's happening on your screen yeah right if you if you aren't doing something digital you know most human beings now have cell phone with camera and internet connection just pull it out and record what you're doing and show people what you're doing and then post that somewhere like google drive for free boom that's your sop right so if you've got the best person in your cultivation that, that trims the best, just film them and go do that. Yeah. And have them talk about what they're doing. And that's not like perfect, 
maybe at some version in the future, you could scale this and write a big SOP and turn into a fancy training. All you have to do is make these little short videos and then post them on Google Drive and you can watch them at like 2x speed. So this, this helps you train your new employees better. It helps you find the best person that's the best at one thing and then repeat what they're doing so you can scale their best practices across everyone else in the company that's gonna do their same thing. And it literally takes a couple of minutes with some free tools that you already have access to. Definitely, and, and one of the reasons that a lot of entrepreneurs or business owners that are completely slammed with their day-to-day -day don't hire people is they will use the excuse that it's quicker for me to do it myself than to teach somebody no. else how. No. And it will prevent you from going anywhere beyond where you are today and you will not have a business, you have a job. Plain and simple. Um, so if you want a business, what Joe just said is, you know, it's one of the more important things that you'll do. 100%. Um, in the last one, we talked a little about this in the culture, but this is true throughout everything is you got to know your numbers. Okay. Definitely. So if you, if you listen to our very, I forget what episode we talked about the vision, right? I think mm -hmm. it's the culture episode number yep. two. We talked about having a vision and inside of your vision, you have measurable objectives. You have things that you want to achieve over a 36 month period. Well, how do we figure out like what's the shortest and most direct path to achieve those objectives? We've got to track our numbers. Yeah. Okay. And, and literally this could be anything. Now, depending on where you're at in the value chain with your cannabis business, your numbers are going to be different. Um, but you should be tracking numbers. You should be tracking numbers around sales. You should be tracking numbers around revenue. You should be tracking numbers around costs. If you're a processor and you don't know how much it costs to make a thing and then you sell it, how do you not know that you're just like rushing yourself into, you know, selling selling yourself into a hole, right? Because yeah. we meet a lot of people, a lot of people, especially processors that don't know their cogs. They don't know cost of goods sold. They don't know how much it actually costs to produce the thing. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know how much it costs to produce your thing, that's a pretty important metric to keep your eyes on. Okay. Yeah. So, but track your numbers. And I think with numbers, there's two types of numbers that you can track. There's leading indicators and there's lagging indicators. Do you want to unpack that? Yeah. So lagging indicators are basically things that will happen as a result of an event, um, like for example, um, as a result of a customer complaint that doesn't get addressed in time, you might experience a customer no longer buying from you, for example. Like that outcome is a lagging indicator of the dissatisfaction of that customer. Now, a leading indicator of churn, that, that latter thing, might be customer complaints. You might be able to quantify that number of customer complaints to be predictive in, are we going to experience more, uh, are we going to lose more business or lose less business than we did last month because of what we've done to address these customer complaints? So those are kind of like on the negative side, but um, there are leading and lagging indicators for basically everything that you could uh, quantify in business. And it's it's just super important that you can know exactly what those are. Yeah, 100%. And what, one of the easiest places to define leading and lagging from my perspective is like in sales, mm. right? So like a lagging indicator is like you sold something mm -hmm. and a leading indicator would be, you know, the number of leads you have, or even better, a better leading indicator for us, like in our sales team is the number of dials they make per day, right. the number of cold calls they make a day, or the number of demos they do per day. Yeah. And if you want to drill even deeper on these leading indicators, here's where it gets super ninja, is if you can identify the behaviors of your best people, like what are they doing to get the best outcomes and then replicate those, then you're in good shape. So if you, there's an amazing book that talks about these things. Uh, it's called The Four Disciplines of Execution. And one of the examples that they give in the book that's forever stuck in my brain, you know, I tell this story a lot to the team, is there was, you know, I think it was like Nordstrom's or some high-end luxury shoe sales. And they went out and they modeled like who, who are the best shoe sales people and what are they doing differently? And so what they found out is the best shoe sales folks 
would would it was women's shoes. So mm -hmm. they they would say, you know, like a girl comes in and she, it's the summertime and she's buying like some fancy Manolo Blahnik, like some fancy high end shoe. Mm -hmm. Well, what the salesperson, the top salespeople would do is they would not just bring out the pair that they asked for. They'd bring the size below, the size above. Then they'd bring the size for the next season and the next season after that. So they'd bring three different types of shoes with sizes below and sizes above. And they saw that this behavior was a leading indicator that drove to more sales. So if you're dialed into what your best people are doing, you can set those as behavior metrics, right? Yeah. So, and you can find all kinds of amazing behavior metrics in manufacturing and processing and cultivation in your dispensaries uh, or your retail locations. Your top people are doing things that are getting top results that your bottom people are not mm -hmm. doing. So if you can observe them, and track that behavior and then monitor and measure that behavior as a metric, then you're going to start getting better results. Because what did Peter Drucker say? What gets measured gets managed. There you go. Him? More well, Peter Drucker. I love more it. More Peter Drucker. Everybody says this. You guys are going to get tired of me talking about Peter Drucker <laughs> at some point. Um, but super important. So let's just go back over the five. So uh, make everything about the customer, mm -hmm. what they want and how they get it. That's rule one. Uh, number two, get feedback on your products and services. We like as an entry mechanism to do that NPS. And again, if you want help with NPS, you can email us podcast at growflow.com and we'll send you some more information about that. Uh, number three, make a commitment to building a world-class culture. And if you want to know about building a world-class culture, you can listen to episode number two, where we dive uh, pretty deep into that. Number four, document your processes and your systems so that they're reusable. And number five, know your numbers. Anything Absolutely. to add? You know what? Just an anecdote. I actually went in and did um, kind of a surprise site visit at one of our retail customers. I want to say it was about a month ago or so. And, um, they didn't know I was coming and I was just kind of coming in as a customer and, um, basically just witnessed an example of, of them not necessarily tracking their numbers. So, um, I asked the owner after the fact, cause I had just kind of waited in one of their lines and they had, I think four different lines at their register. And I saw that, uh, there were a couple people in one line and maybe one person in another one and like four people in another one. And then one of them was, was idle and was trying to get people to come over. And I basically asked the, this, this business owner, are you tracking your idle time per register? And are you tracking your line size per register at any given time? And obviously the answer was no. I said, if you want your lagging indicator of your revenue velocity to increase and the throughput of the people you can get through your store to increase, um, you need to start tracking those because one easy change you could make is you have one main line yep. and you have each individual register call over people exactly when they're ready. So you're reducing your idle time per register and you don't have to track the line queue overall, but you're getting as many people through that process as you possibly can. And, you know, that one change was able to unlock six figures of revenue, like over the course of a full year for them, just because they're getting more people through. Oh, hundred percent. And I love retail businesses because you can use suggestive selling. We talked about the shoe thing. Mm -hmm. So even in like a high volume, you know, uh, like w w where it's like a high volume dispensary or retail location where it feels like Friday night, Monday through Sunday, you know, like constantly churning people. Yeah. If you can, if you can have the right products on the shelf and just have each person, no matter how busy it is, do one suggestive sell that you have, do you need papers with that? Do you need this with that? Have you thought about this? Like the most commonly needed thing that everyone that's checking out might need, not just to sell them more stuff, but to give them a better experience with what you're already selling them. Even if only 20% of the people say yes, you're going to get 20% increase in revenue or 20% increase in sales potentially, or even more depending on how much the thing costs. Right. So we'll, we'll dig into all this stuff in future episodes. But uh, the key there is you would know that if you knew your numbers and you would knew that if you were paying attention to your leading and your lagging indicators, right? Yeah. They didn't even know it was a problem they were having. 
Yeah. Which is the the fascinating part. Like this this wouldn't be intuitive unless you're tracking this stuff. Yeah. And and, and I'll just say one more thing on numbers. Like you can get crazy. Like you could like you either the kind of person where it's like, I want to track everything, or some a lot of people are like, I don't want to track anything. Like yeah. just make it work small and then make it work big. Don't boil the ocean. Don't try to track everything, right? Because that will bog you down in this complexity and that. But like just measure stuff. Like if you're not if you're not keeping track of your dashboard, you're not sharing it with your team and you don't understand like how your numbers are driving the objectives, just start there. Start anywhere. Yeah. Make it simple. And it doesn't even matter what your motivations are. If you're a business-minded operator where you want to make as much money as possible, numbers will help you get there. If you're just more of an idealist and you want to distribute as much of this life-changing plant as you possibly can to the world, numbers will help get you there. So being able to, to reframe something that might have been confusing or boring for you in the past as just a, a medium of getting you to where you want to be faster is just going to be, be one of the, the main answers to help you get there. 100%. And if you have questions on, hey, what should I track for my numbers? How should I get that even started in my licensed cannabis business? Uh, just email us, podcast at growflow.com. And then Morgan on our team uh, we'll hook you up with someone on our team to just walk you through how to get started on that. Uh, if you have a retail or a dispensary, uh, also email podcast at growflow.com. We have this free assessment that we actually take people through now. And it's just going to show you the roadmap of like across the whole spectrum of your business. We're going to analyze it. We're going to show you exactly where to grow and what to optimize on next based on us working with hundreds and hundreds of retailers across the country. Uh, that's yours for free. Just email us podcast at growflow.com and we can get you in touch with somebody get that assessment out the door and get you hooked up rock and roll all right well that brings us to the end of the episode as always if you got value and you didn't hate absolutely everything that we said make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review and if you're so inclined share it on social media tell a friend even if social media is like your homie that needs to hear this episode we would appreciate it and and the rest of the world you know yeah, you're obviously here trying to advance the industry as much as you can. And so are we. So please help us touch all these other people in the industry and, and help them grow their businesses as well. hundred percent. And, um, if we haven't given you enough calls to action, here's one more. <laughs> um, if you have an idea for the podcast, if you want to be featured on the podcast, whether you're a, a customer of Growflow or not, or partner or not, uh, if you've got ideas, you've got people you think we should be talking to, information, insights, questions, anything, email us, podcast at growflow.com. We want to co-creatively build these episodes with you and make sure we're giving you the right information. We want to we drink our own champagne, eat our own dog food, right? We want your feedback, your data, your information. So this is us practicing what we preach. Email us, podcast at growflow.com, and let us know what you want us to talk about on the next episode. And that brings us to the end of this one. Have an amazing day. Look forward to seeing y'all the next time. Peace.